Welcome, 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 everybody. This is the 20 by 20 podcast, and we are your host, Nathan McFly Whip. L. P. Dangerously. 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 <laughs> I was just buying time while you eat the empanada. <laughs> Damn, that was uh that, that was nice. That was nice right there. What's Thank going you. on, got, my guy? Good, bro. Good. I was kind of thrown off guard real quick. I was like, uh, that's me right there. That's me. I gotta <laughs> I gotta say my name. How's everything going? Good, bro. Good. Watching this, uh, the Omicron virus destroy the country and the world again. Yo, listen. That's exciting. There's like, there's like 89 football players with, with Corona. Man, another basketball 50, players. Another 50-something basketball players. I'm like, what the fuck is going on, bro? It's crazy. Insane. Insane. It's like starting the way it left. For real. For real. Because last time it was fucking Rudy Gobert and his fucking Corona ass and stopped the game. And then a week later, the whole country stopped. And then when I see like like sports stopping, I'm like, oh, fuck, man. This is getting bad again. <laughs> I really didn't know what to so do, far. bro. Yeah, it's all about fucking going with the wind with it right now. Really insane, bro. Insane. You know what else is it is is fucking insane? What's up? Kevin Owens resigning with WWE. You think that's really insane, though? I I believe that's a great move, honestly. No, it's 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 a fucking beautiful move, but it's insane because there's people looking at it like he made the wrong choice. How you know that? A choice an individual make is wrong. I don't get that. Honestly, I don't get how that's the wrong choice. He's making a living, like, and not only is he making a living in the most popular wrestling promotion in history, but that promotion is not even just a promotion anymore. That shit is like an entertainment business. So he could factor in anywhere with that promotion. Like, they could put him in a documentary for no reason. Just talk about a wrestler that he watched when he was younger, you know, or like talk about previous matches that he had in the last seven years. They could even use him and bring back fucking topics about Jericho. Where mm-hmm. was he January 6th? Where was oh. he, Kevin Owens? Was he with you, Kevin Owens? Yeah. I hope not. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey. But my thing is that. How is everybody like shitting on his decision? Like he made the decision that was best for him and his family. Oh yeah. Like, how is that wrong? And at the end of the day, it's not like he's not liking what he's doing. He seems to be enjoying exactly what he's doing right now. That's true story. True story. Honestly, I feel like this character, you could kind of see that he's just enjoying being a face and a heel at the same time. You don't know where he's going to land at, but he's playing it so well because it's like he's the fucking wild card at every moment right now. That motherfucker's enjoying himself. And he get, and he's getting two to three million a year to do it. 
see. That's sick. That's a good number. Somebody, somebody good said number. on Twitter, he deserves to be he deserves to be seen by more than four hundred thousand people a week. That's a fucking true fact, bro. <laughs> That's a true story. Listen, like, man. Like we're gonna get into it in a little bit, but like I told you about when we went to the USB arena for AEW Dynamite last week. Mm-hmm. It felt like a bigger place for independent wrestling. That's all it felt like, you know. And yeah, like AEW gets views. But come on, we don't want to see every wrestler that leaves WWE to go straight to AEW. That's not the fun part about wrestling. I want to see him travel the world, go to PWG, go to fucking New Japan, All Japan, go to fucking anywhere, anywhere, go to war, shit, go to Stardust. (laughs) For real, like, it can't just be AEW. It just can't, you know? No, it can't be. It can't be. And go to Impact. Impact's been pretty popping lately. Yeah, but imagine a person like Kevin Owens popping up on Impact. Like, that's the thing. I don't know. Like, it's it just like it, it just wouldn't work for him. Like, nah, it he's too big for Impact. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. And I, I'm not trying to downplay anybody else that went to Impact and all this nah. other shit, but it's just. If we're going to hold these talents on different tiers, man, yo, Kevin Owens shouldn't be going to Impact. No, yeah, definitely not. You know what I'm saying? Like, it shouldn't be that. Uh, Just like even Bray Wyatt, when all the rumors about Bray Wyatt going to Impact, I was like, damn, like, nah, like, he's bigger than that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just feel that Bray Wyatt is a, is a whole lot bigger than that. Yes. Um, you know, shout out to Kevin Owens. I'm glad that he's comfortable and happy with the with the decision that he made. Because at the end of the day, he didn't make it only for himself, but he made it for his fan. Yep. So shout out to Kevin Owens on that. And it's a, it, it was the right move, man. It's the right move. Yeah. Like, I don't care what anybody says. Also. Shout out to the nation of domination. Yes. And shout out to Los Boricuas. Baby. Los Boricuas. Los Boricuas. (laughs) (laughs) But yo, listen, man. There's one thing that I really wanted to get into real quick. That um, everybody within the wrestling community must have seen. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Because it was trending as you can say but um the bucks they were on complex magazine complex has this uh it's basically like this little sneaker show where they have you know uh celebrities or sports athletes whatever they go to like basically like the trendy sneaker spots whether it be flight club Stadium goods, soul. Um, I forgot what it is in Miami, but um, uh, soul store, some some bullshit like that. Whatever they have, yeah. fucking Roman Reigns out there and shit. But um, they go to these stores and they basically, you know, just talk to shit with sneakers. And you know, at, at the end, of, at the end of the show, 
They go mm-hmm. around, cop, cop a couple of shit, you know, spend a couple of thousand dollars, boom, boom, bop. And the Young Bucks was on it. So one thing that really kind of resonated with me with the Young Bucks, they said that they helped make wearing sneakers to the ring trendy. Hmm. I mean... <laughs> Yo, remember? <laughs> this is good. This is way off topic. Remember when we used to fucking play the block, <laughs> and somebody when you laugh like this? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel every time somebody tells me about the young bucks started the trends on sneakers. Like, and I'm thinking, I'm like. Wait, that's what they said. So I went back and I and I looked at the whole interview. Mind mm-hmm. you, they went out there, they spent about a little over nine thousand dollars on sneakers between the both of them and shit. Okay. You know, some fly shit. Props to them on that. Very dope. Not taking anything from that. But Like the guy that was interviewing them was asking asking them stuff, like, you know, stuff that like, you know. People like me and Shikes, because me and Shikes, Esco, Bing, like, we're, we're we're like kind of like about that life. That's that uh, that sneaker collecting, trading, whatever the fuck it is. We're about that shit. We, yeah. We've been on the lines and all that shit. Yeah. So then they this, asked, this is your like, territory, because I ain't going sneakers like that. <laughs> <laughs> they asked them like, "Yo, were you guys like you know as brothers? Do you guys you know?" stand online for sneakers and all they're like no we never really did none of that and then you know they ask them like certain questions that if like you're a sneakerhead like you would be able to answer mm-hmm. like they were like the first question was what was the sneaker that got you into the game so they went with like the overliable concord 11s of course which were the black and, white, black and white Jordan <laughs> 11s. Everybody loved those. Nine, those. Those came out, I think, 95, 96, around there. Yeah. And they they kind of, like, referenced it to a Bret Hart boot. When Bret Hart was part of the Hart Foundation in his early years, as you can see, like, his, his wrestling boots kind of had, like, the low black where it looked like, it kind of looked like the Concord 11s, but I'm like, as a kid, your favorite sneaker is Concord 11s because it looked like a Bret Hart boot. That's like a far reach. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it's like a far reach, right? Yeah. So it doesn't, it doesn't I'm seem them, right. I'm hearing them saying all that. And then when they said that they helped them make it trendy because before them, you know, sporting they shit, putting it on Instagram, nobody was really doing that. And I'm like, and then when they said that, they were like, oh, you know, we just tell our fans, like, yo, whatever we say, take it with a grain of salt, because we're always, you know, we're always in character. Everything we do is always in character. I respect that, because that's right? true story. But then when, uh, what was that? It was Matt that said that, and then Nick was like, yeah, we're always in character, but let, let's keep it real. Like, before us, like, nobody was making tr- making it trendy to wear it to the ring. And that's where my problem lies. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're just in character saying shit, yeah, cool. That's perfectly fine. But you already said that you're in character saying it. 
and then you fall out of character saying like, yo, y'all, y'all the ones, yeah. which is, which is basically bullshit. You know what I'm saying? And the reason why I'm saying it's basically bullshit, it's because they're leaving out one person who nobody wants to talk about, but because maybe, you know, the heat and all this other shit and a lot of people might not like this person, but Enzo Amore. Mm. And this is not even me mentioning Shane McMahon throwing Macho Man elbow drop with true blue threes on. This guy right here. This guy. You know what I'm saying? With testes getting electrocuted right by the, you know, right by the ring post. You know, or just or, or wrestling Kurt Angle in some fucking, you know, some playoff threes and shit. Bong. Or coming through with some bows. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is my thing. Like, Enzo Amore had this one thing when he first uh, was really doing the sneaker thing in the ring. He always been doing the sneaker thing in the ring. Yeah. But when it, when it really got the eye of the public is when he had this partnership with champ sports and it was called a monday night sneaker watch so every monday he was on instagram with champ sports champs used to just throw him jordans all this all all, all this fly shit and he would basically have like a runway like yo this is what i'm wearing to the ring and these are the sneakers i'm wearing these are the da 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 and we out here boom 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 that's dope and people forgot about that well, like how you how you forget about the Monday night sneaker watch? People were looking at Enzo to see what was dropping. You know why people forgot about that? Because he was the victim of the Me Too movement. And when you're when you're caught up in that whole Me Too movement, the people that are just guilty through the public eye or are basically erased after all what's said and done. You know, so like Enzo was caught up in that shit, wasn't guilty of anything. They for the investigation dropped everything because they couldn't find anything that really held weight to him, right? Yeah. But since it was at the height of that moment, it didn't matter if he was guilty or not. So whatever he came in with, all that you shit. See that that all that shit comes after this. You know what I I'm know. saying? This was already a thing. Him doing the shit with Chan Sports was already a thing. This was before. The the reason why everybody forgot about it is because they chose to forget about it. Yeah. Like, it was one of those things that just had to get erased. You don't hear about Enzo anywhere like that unless you follow him, you know? And And it's, like, pretty fucked up because he's still doing his rounds in the independent scene. I'm not a big fan of Enzo. I was never really a big fan of Enzo, but his sneaker game was tight like it was ridiculous he he made it more popular to rock the kicks talk about the kicks right before the match talk about how you're whack and how come you how your your style is whack compared to his and tell you that he's wearing the latest shit that's not even going to drop till the summer you know what i mean and then call call you soft in the middle of it and spell it out for you but let us not forget, back in 2001, the father and son feud, Shane O'Mac, Vince McMahon, he was rocking these bad boys, 2001. 
Cement threes. Cement threes. Cement threes. And then, you know, when they had Shane McMahon on the same show, Shane was basically given like a rundown of why he likes certain shit and why he became a fan of certain shit. He's like, yeah, hey, you know, Air Force Ones, they came out around 81, 82. And then the Jordans was like about 85. And then, you know, the, the, the threes are about 87. So that was around my time. And this is what I like to rock. And this is me and blah, blah, blah. Like he gave a rundown of his shit. Angel yeah. as well gave a rundown of his shit. And he talked about how he doesn't see himself going into a WrestleMania not you know wearing the, a pair of Jordans. You know what the Bucks should do? They should ask JR on how he felt rocking yes. these bad boys right here back in 94. Flu game 12s. Flu game 12s. He was rocking that in 98. That was 98 right there. Or minus the Michael Jordan signature. You know, these kicks right here go for 3,000, 300,000, yeah. 300 grand with the signature. Listen. That's sick. I had to pay that's thousands that we know, just to have the fucking picture right there. Around that time, around that time, you could catch, you could catch fucking um, Kevin Nash wearing, wearing patent leather 12s. Word. 312s and shit like that. He was giving niggas a big boot with the fucking 12s and shit like that. That's what I'm saying. But this is this is this is what I'm trying to tell you. Is like yo, people just tend to forget, like, yo, I'll be honest, like I always said this shit, even in our chat. One of the first people I I noticed was wearing fly shit to the ring was Kofi Kingston. Mm -hmm. Kofi wore the most popular LeBrons to ring the eights and nines of LeBrons. Yep. And anybody could go back and, and see them shits and they could go see what them shits is worth right now. And he was out there matching his gear with those LeBrons. He was matching his gear with um uh the these uh damn bro these fucking these, these Adidas with the wings on the, the side. Wings, the wing Adidas yeah. or uh I know which one is something. I forgot. I forgot the name of the shit. But I think um, it goes by a Greek, a, a Greek character. It, you know, it just doesn't matter, bro. It's just yeah, it don't matter. It's just wild how. And then even I'm I'm looking at Roman on the same sneaker show. The first thing he said, he's like, "Yo, my 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 first memory of trying to get sneakers wasn't going online. It was getting the East Bay magazine." Hmm. Throwback. And then calling and having them tell me, nah, those are not available. Nah, those are not available. And you had to have like four different options because maybe the first two or three weren't available. Word. I remember that shit. You know what I'm saying? And then, you know, the, the Bucks said some shit. They're like, yo, we have money now, so we're going to get a lot of the shit that we couldn't get as kids. And I understand that. I also understand that 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 type of feel. You know what I'm saying? But don't come out saying that you are the ones that basically invented the, the swag or, or invented the way. It wasn't God, bro. bro. Ain't nobody was rocking these like Shane O'Mac was while his dad, Papa Vince, is rocking the do-rag. Let us never you know forget that. Let us never forget that. Nobody's rocking the three-bear dunks. Word. Word up. In, in, a, in a fucking sports jacket and denim jeans at that. Very business casual life. Yo, listen, man. Dropping elbows with the cement threes. Like the true this was against cement threes, bro. This this was against fucking uh HBK. Yeah. At Raw. 
Like, and then on, bro. You know, one shit that was fly that the Bucks said, and I'll give them this. Mind They're you, like, this shit that warm. was it came out. If you ain't got these, you were piss watching Shane O'Mac wrestling in these because <laughs> you were like, yo, this nigga has no fucking cares about the sneakers nor what they stand for. But he does. He's just showing that he's got a pair to wrestle in. He's also got a pair to be comfortable in. He's also got the business casual pair. Like Shane O'Mac has them. But one thing that the uh, the Bucks said that I truly respect, they're like, yeah, we're spending all this money on these kicks, but they're, you know, one of them was like, yeah, yeah, they could become a tax write-off. Listen, they're wearing them from work. Yeah, work purposes. And that's, that's a beautiful thing right there. Mm-hmm. That's something mm-hmm. that we can't say. I, I, me, as a, as a sneakerhead, I can't say that. I can't just be like, yeah, I'm wearing these to work. Yeah, my dick, nigga. You ain't got to wear them shits to fucking work, nigga. Facts. <laughs> you know Facts, what I'm saying? Bro. But it's just my whole thing is them not mentioning Enzo because Enzo was not not the curator of it, but even even with even with the customs, you know what I'm saying? And him having much. Shout out to the homie much. He made customs for everybody going back to before Enzo was a thing. Going back to when it was Nikki Bella having him make custom dunks, custom Jordans for them. Word. For Bella Twins. Bella Twins was rocking flash it. You know what I'm saying? Like, True story. That's the thing. Fucking John Cena. Nobody cared about John Cena and his pumps. They fucking went crazy dissing him with him and his pumps. Made Rightfully so. But the Bella Twins came through, had some nice dunks, some nice Jordans. And that's what it is. But the person who made it a thing to wear it to the ring and flex with them in the ring, show people what they're wearing to the ring is Enzo Amore. And we got to give Enzo his props, a.k.a. Real One. We got to give him his props, man. When it comes to the sneaker game and pro wrestling is Enzo. If anybody was going to get a, a sponsorship or be an athlete, a part of like Jordan brand, Nike, it should have been Enzo. Yep. He was close too, man. Like mm-hmm. I said, if it wasn't a situation that fall upon him. Yeah. He would have been, been the a one. Different story. Yeah. He would have had his own Jordan. I think at the end of it, Big Cass would have still been gone and Enzo would have been the one that stayed around for a little longer. He would have had his own Jordan. He would have had his own Jordan sneaker, bro. Word. I shit you not. He would have had his own Jordan sneaker, bro. Shout out to Enzo. That's all I got to say. Anybody that got something to say about that, anybody got whatever it is, bro, say, you know, say your piece. But at the end of the day, you can't, you cannot deny Enzo's ability and Enzo's just his his aura around the sneaker wrestling culture. Yep. Can't deny it, man. You can't deny it. That's a true story, man. He he wasn't a curator, like you said. He was more like a like he ain't open the doors to it, but he just let it be known. Like, yeah, sneakers are part of this wrestling culture too. Know what I mean, oh yeah, bro. He came. He came from that. But you see, he came from that generation, bro. Yeah, he that came wait, from the waiting on lines and calling East and Bay, getting all tickets, that shit. calling East Bay, and all that shit, bro. He came from that. Word up. And then he made it like a, a fly accessory. 
in in your in your wrestling getup. Yep, big facts, bro. He made he made it that, bro, and and that and that's that. Like anybody could say whatever the fuck they want to say. The Bucks could say whatever the fuck they want to say, but they can never take that away from Enzo. Never, nah, definitely never. not. Not at all. That's well deserved on Enzo's part. Word up. I mean, like, unlike other people that don't want to acknowledge how this man right here, West Side Gun, is fucking putting the cultures all together, fashion, wrestling, and hip hop. Shout out to West. Shout out to West, bro. Finally, NXT showing love. Showing love. I mean, and they showed it at the right, right, right time. Yo, yo, but uh, look at that face. Look at that face. Yeah, yeah, he's, you see he's it, right? loving it. He's like, he's like, you see me, you see me. And you know he's why like, he, know was he, he was there? He was there to just, he was there to see this guy fucking debut. <laughs> that's his man's. Like that's his man's. Legit. I love I that. Know, I know, but why that picture? Why that picture? Fucking the best moments, man. That's just such a funny moment. <laughs> yo, listen, man. At the end of the day, he's getting he's getting the love, man. He's getting the love on TV that he was supposed to get Facts. for a long, long time, man. And I can't wait till he, you know, he does maybe a ring, a ring entrance music for somebody. As we see Hook with his with his debut. Yeah, Hook's came different out. though. Hook came, he out. came out. He came out to some 2017 action Bronson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. But you know. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, he, gun, man, I want Westside, trust me, I want Westside Gun to come out with somebody and do like their the entrance music, but I don't know if the crowd's ready here. Do, 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 do. <laughs> it has to it has to be for, for the her business. Mm. It has to be for the her business. I'm sorry. Big facts, bro. It gotta big be. Fact. Or it has to be with Big E. Nah, be Big E's with good e with Wale. Big E's good with his Wale entrance. Yeah. Yeah, it has yeah. to be. It has to be hurt business, bro. It gotta be a little dark. That's true story. True, especially with especially with a big motherfucking like Bobby Lashley there. Why not? Facts, bro. You know what I'm saying. But um, listen, we getting sixty minute Broadways, bro. I just want to say shout that. out. Regardless of the way the match ended, shout out to Brian Danielson. And Hank, uh, Adam Page, I'm not gonna say, Hey man, we ain't gonna do that. Adam Page on a 60 minute barn burner, as uh, <laughs> Jim Ross would say, these motherfuckers went at it, bro. Hold on, why were you calling them hangman? I don't want to call them hangman, we ain't hanging nobody over here, bro. Just that it just don't, it just don't seem right, just don't mm. seem right, just don't seem right. You feel me? Yeah. Just don't Damn. seem right. Just don't seem right, my man. Seems a little. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> now uh-huh. That I think about it. <laughs> but um, yo, uh I like how this finish was yeah. because I feel Dan- Daniel Bryant or Brian Danielson, whatever, isn't in the realm right now to lose a match, but yet so is Adam Page. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And with with a sit with a 60 minute match, you got them do to do everything and anything they did. Yo, Daniel Bryan got hit with like about four clotheslines from this fucking guy. 
Daniel Bryan put all his stops on him. But then again, it's like, all right, this is the second draw in Daniel Bryan's AEW career. Yeah. So are in they less telling, than a year? Are they telling the story that Daniel Bryan can't hang with AEW? Or like, like I, I don't know, like what is it? Well, or is it that AEW can't hang with Daniel Bryan? Hmm. For me, for me personally, so the match was fire. The match was tough from beginning to end. She was dope. Yeah. I love the fact that it was an opener. You know what I mean? It was a great way to set the whole show. But then I feel like if they were going to do it as a Broadway, make it a little more controversial. In what way? Have... So Adam Page hit his uh, uh, long, what is it, uh, the buckshot? The buckshot, buckshot lariat. Yeah. So he hit the buckshot lariat in, at the last five to ten seconds, right? They should have allowed the ref to count the three. Once he hits the three, the bell rings. And he starts going like, you know, calling for the bell. It ends up being controversial, whereas, like, did Brian, did Brian Danielson get saved by the skin of his teeth with the with the bell or did hangman well did adam page win the match like it should have been like that like i felt like doing a broadway on hangman on his second on his first title match actually first title defense yeah yeah i i don't think that was the best case scenario for him you feel me like if they're gonna redo if they're gonna do a rematch with these two they should have at least done a more controversial like with that type of ending. Like who, who beat the bell? Was it, you know, was it the ref or did Daniel Bryanson get saved by the bell? And like Daniel Bryan could call out, you know, Adam Page being like, I took you fucking 60 minutes, you couldn't beat me. And Hangman talk shit about I had your I had you on your back for three seconds. He's like, in any match, that's a win, you know. Like, they let them do that shit. Now it's going to be kind of like a Kenny Omega, Daniel Bryanson situation. Yeah. But at least Hangman will fucking give them the... I keep calling them Hangman. Sorry. A little... <laughs> <laughs> a little... <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> like, no, I feel like... It's feel wild, like bro. Done, I got to show this. Every time I call him Hangman, I'm going to just do that real quick. Because <laughs> now I can't... Yeah, I never even put that two and two together. I was just like, oh... Hangman Adam Page works. But now, when you talk about it, he used to come out with the noose and everything. Was, yeah, kind of weird. Kinda yeah, weird. very <laughs> weird. Very fucking weird. Very fucking weird. But, but um, yeah, I feel like, man, they had an opportunity to, to give a controversial win for Hangman, and it didn't work out. Like, it just didn't. It was a dope match, but I just feel like it was, it, it just was missing something for me. Like, I was just like, uh, another one for Daniel Bryan. Like, and what, this is what, a what was it missing? Because to be honest, like, they did anything and everything. They, they and did everything and anything. But with that, with that draw at the end, with the Broadway, I was just like, this is how you're going to tell the story. Like, this is what we got with Kenny Omega and Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson. We got the shit talking, Kenny being like, I'm not going to face you again. You know, we're never going to have a rematch. And Daniel Bryan, you know, was begging for it. Now it's going to be a rematch guaranteed because Adam Page is not going to let that slide. Yeah. 
Know what I mean, and what we're gonna have a second title defense for Mattel Page, and he might lose this time. I I just I don't know, man. This type of this type of it's not even it's not even a win for Adam Page. You know, it's this type of decision for for the end of the match was kind of like kind of like a lackluster part for it. You feel me? With that whole match that went on, like it was real dope. But I feel like that finish was kind of like it's giving me a negative vibe on Adam Page's title championship run. Gotcha. You know, uh, I, I, I've I seen know. a lot of people talking, speaking different about it because a lot of people have been complaining about how how it, it, how the match was a draw and that's a terrible finish and everything. And people were like, yo, if you're not a fan of wrestling, you're not going to appreciate the, you know, the 60-minute Broadways. I'm like, it's not about not being appreciative of the 60-minute Broadways. I know back then, back in the 60s, 70s, and early 80s, they used to be mad Broadways. There was Broadways for days. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But we're not in that era anymore where we need a Broadway from the same wrestler. Exactly. Twice within the year. Like, we're not, we have so much wrestling going on. We're, we're watching this weekly, uh, twice a week. But then how can, how how can, you know, you build up a new champion? When I mean a brand new champion, because Adam Page has never been the company's top pick before. You know what I'm saying? So, like, how can you actually mold that champion? And I understand that they're using Daniel Bryan in order to do so. And when I seen that the match went over a half hour, you know, I put it on, I put it on Twitter. I was like, are we going to see a 60 minute Broadway? Yeah. That was my first thought because at the end, at the end of 30 minutes, you couldn't call who was going to win the match. And are you going to let Daniel Bryan lose his what? Six match. In AEW, like Daniel I, Bryan, Daniel Bryan is not only a household name, but he's just one of the best in the world. I just if think it was like that. I, I just think it could have been a more controversial finish than just leaving it as a Broadway. Like, yo, did he beat the time? Did the ref count three? Did the bell ring? Like, what really went down? Like, let it be a lingering story. Let Adam Page believe he beat him. Let Daniel Bryan beat think that he didn't beat him. Like. I feel it, I feel even put asterisk, I put asterisk on their fucking on their records right now for that on both of them. But I feel like having Daniel Bryan with two two draws, not even six months apart, bro. Like, but yeah. that is what I'm saying. I feel that AEW has booked themselves into a corner, not saying that what they did with Adam Page and Dan- and Brian Danielson was was wrong, or the the match was good. The match was phenomenal. Yeah, but I feel like they booked themselves into a corner to where it's like, all right, where where are we going from here? Regardless of what's going on in the company in itself around this story, is like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna be the end result? Everybody's gonna want, not everybody, but mostly everybody's gonna want. Adam Page to come out on top, but is it the right decision? Word. That that's I, that's where booking comes in hand. Is it the right decision? 
Because if if Brian Danielson loses, where does he go from here? It's like you build both sides up so strong, you don't know what's what and where anything goes from there. Mm-hmm. And you, you're going to have to have a plan for that person who loses. You're going to have to have a plan in place for them not to lose their spot. And that was the thing with me seeing AEW sign so many people all at once and not develop what they had in general. Mm-hmm. Because you had so much in general being being just there. Like they have a if they really, you know, honed on it, they could have the strongest mid card ever assembled. Mm-hmm. Like for real. You know what I'm saying? If they really honed in on it. But what's honing in on the mid car? Like, what's that going to do for the the bottom dollar? What's that going to do for, like, them moving forward? Maybe nothing at the moment. You know what I'm saying? That's the reason I feel like they signed way too many people. They had such a nice overall roster to begin the year with, and then they just went haywire and started signing people. All good. You want to make sure that you have the most talent that you can possibly have. Yeah. As what WWE did, but when WWE does it, it's like fucking blasphemy, whatever it is. It's all good. Because you see the but, man that runs it? Look at this body <laughs> of a 9,800-year-old man. 9,800-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a picture of Tony Khan, it'd be like pitiful compared to Vince. <laughs> Even Vince at his age, like Vince at his age was fucking brolic as shit. Yo, for real. For real. What, what, what's Tony Khan? What is he, like, 38? Nah, he's got to be in his 40s. Let me just nah. do a quick up. Tony Khan. Let's see your age, old man. Nah. Old, fucking overgrown adult. 39. What I told you. This guy's a fucking grown fucking preteen. That's what he is. Like, look at this goofy-ass kid. Look at that. You gotta tell me yeah, compared to Vince, come on, bro. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> He's like, compared to Vince, come on, bro. <laughs> come on. That's why hold we got on. Daniel Bryan fucking Broadways because of dweebs like him. Nah, nah, but it was, you know, it was, <laughs> nah, it was, it was nice. like I said, it was, it was a good match. It was a solid match. I ain't got nothing against fucking Daniel Bryan. Damn it, can't see it now. Look at that dweeb ass face. That's that's Vince at 39. And this is Tony Khan. <laughs> it's fucking Mr. Rogers looking ass her. <laughs> you can tell Vince was juicing that 39. Hey, look at look at him. Look at that neck. <laughs> look at that, yeah, I was gonna say, look at that neck. What's going on there? This guy. What the fuck is going on there? Oh man! But shout out to Tony Khan. He's doing he's doing it for the culture, I guess. I don't nah, know. He's giving us great matches. Yeah. Like I said, like I have no problem with it going sixty minutes. I just feel like the ending should have been a little different, just a tad bit controversial. You feel me? Yeah. Just make build the story to something that you want to see happen some more. Because then, if we get another another regular match that goes fucking even fifty nine minutes, you know, it's gonna. Almost be the same brutality, like 
what's what's the next up for them after this? Uh, Iron uh, Man match? Revolution, the Revolution pay-per-view. I think it's in March. Yeah, but I'm asking for Hangman and Daniel uh, Brian Danielson. What's they, next? Got it. Like, right now, they have a three-month window. On, I mean, I know they have... Uh, no, no, not even, because they have the Christmas Rampage. They've been... They've been um, yeah, promoting. Promoting, and then they have another another TV event that they're promoting from North Carolina. And after those two, I think they're going to start promoting the, the Revolution pay-per-view. What, but, let me ask you, son. What would you plan if you were the booker for Hangman and Adam and Daniel Bryan? For Bryan Danielson and Adam Page, the champion. I wouldn't. I wouldn't fall into what the fans want. Like the fans are going to want Adam page to win everything until they hate him. Cause that's exactly what happens all the fucking time. You, you book, you book somebody so strong to the point where the fans start hating them. And then, you know, he loses the title and then the fans love whoever the fuck beats him. I would try to like, stir away from that as much as possible mm-hmm. and make Daniel Bryan the biggest heel ever. Imagine Daniel Bryan beating Hangman Page. He's already said that he's taken the leather off the title. Just the way he did with the Universal title when he made that shit vegan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Have him make the AEW title vegan and do that whole shit again? Yo, people going to, oh, that's the same shit he did in WWE, but it works, bro. He took away something the fans wanted. Hangman Page being the champion for the company, right? Mm-hmm. The company that everybody's loving at the moment. Yeah. Daniel Bryan comes from WWE, beats him, changes the title around, and just goes on a fucking disastrous heel, heel run. And then loses it at all in or all out, with it, whichever one comes first. I, I just don't remember. It's one yeah. of those motherfuckers, right? And loses that shit back to fucking Hangman Page. Then you got a second Hangman title run. Or, even, would... or even lose it. Like, you know, they, they got the, they get the full pillars. But that's what I would want. I would want Hangman to chase Dan, Dan, uh, Brian Danielson. I would. Have them go at it in the Iron Man match, three different stages. Stage one would be regular wrestling match, right? Have them so best of three. Best it. of three. Best of three. Stage two would be a submission match, right? That's kind of like a regular wrestling match, though. Yeah. Yeah. But the the submission match is always better because it's always like you no matter what you try to do, like you can't like even when you grab the ropes, it's not gonna help you. You know. Stage four, well, stage three will be a hair versus hair match. <laughs> and have Daniel Bryan win on that one in like some real heel ass fashion. Like for real. Like let them go a good 30 minutes in the first match. Boom, just a straight wrestling match. Have Daniel Bryan work the knee, work his arms, try to make him submit in the first one. Daniel Bryan loses. He gets hit with the hair, lariat. Boom, takes him one, two, three. 
Second one, Daniel Bryan starts getting real busy with the arms and legs, starts going nuts, has hangman tapping like t- 10 minutes. Boom, right? The last one, give it the last 20 minutes, 25 minutes. Daniel Bryan fucking blinds him with hairspray, some shit. Then hits him with the shining wizard, then makes him tap again. And then gets fucking rid of Hangman's hair. Wow. Yep. Take take away the championship from the fan favorite and take away the fan's favorite hair right now. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. You just want to take everything away from him. Not, I don't want to take everything away from him. I just like I want Hangman to chase Brian Danielson too. Like I, I really want, I want Hangman to hold this title for a good time for a good while. But the way that Broadway ended, it just shows me that Daniel Bryan is gonna be the next up with that title. Let me ask you a question: What yeah. if they just like not do anything with it? Like let's just say they. They just they just keep other storylines going and they never go back to it. Daniel Bryan and and Adam Page. Yeah, that'd be smart too. That would be smart too because it'll be back to Kenny Omega and, and Brian Danielson. You know, I think fucking, they did that with Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega was hurt and he was already leaving. Yeah, like, like he just needed. Like, that. what do you what what do you think about that? What what if like they just say, all right, that was just that one match, and let's see if it happens again. Yeah, I think that'll be smart too. Because honestly, we saw Daniel Bryan or Bryan, we keep on fucking up fucking the goat face killer's name. But we seen Bryan Danielson legitimately beat the shit out of the Dark Order every week. And that was dope. Like he, that you know me. I'm I'm a big fan of like kind of going through like the whole video game tournament. You got to go through the underbosses before you get to the boss. And that's yeah. what he did. He kept fucking up everybody from the, the lowest of the low to, and he got to John Silver. And then when he got to Adam Page, the John Silver match was dope. And it led us to he feel went, like, he yo. Went from, he went from Saget to John, to fucking Adam Page. Saget he, to Bison. He went from, I wouldn't even say Saget. I would, if, yeah, I, let's call John Silver Saget. Out of all of them, from the back I, don't know, I just said Saga because he's bald. I don't know. Yeah, he's bald. And he, was, <laughs> he was a better. He was a better fighter in Street Fighter, Saget. And John Silver is the better wrestler in the Dark Order. Yo, do you remember those days of of trying to play Street Fighter and trying to beat all four bosses? What was it was it was Balrog? Yep. Balrog, Vega. fucking Saget. You got Vega. Balrog, Saget, Vega, and then and Bison. Yeah. But I thought Vega was before Saget. Nah, Vega, it was Vega, then, and then Bison, then no? Bison? I'm not sure. But I remember Wait, fucking yo, Vega being uh, annoying as shit. You know bro. how many quarters were spent, bro? I can't even imagine anymore. Jesus. I try not to think about the money I've lost. <laughs> <laughs> yo, insane, insane. Fucking insane, bro. For real. Oh man, yo, listen, man. This fourth quarter and music has been pretty good, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought that I would listen to a Rick Ross album in its entirety twenty years after he came out. 
I'm actually surprised he still got it to make a solid album, bro. Yo, this album is it's it's pretty good. I'm not gonna say really good yet. I'm gonna say it's pretty good. Yeah, pretty 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 good. And you know what, man? You spoke about this time after time. Every time he drops on, he's got a year for beats, man. Like he, hell yeah, year for production for just his beats alone. It's never. He's never his vibe is never for a, a move. It's it's never for like a fucking club scene. It's never for you, you to like vibe with your girl. It's more of a cinematic feel every time. Like I hear his voice and I'm like, I think he's the only one that could really rap over Roman Reigns' beat, Roman mm. Reigns' entrance music, and make it even better. Better. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> oh, tribal chief. We do that it in true. peace. <laughs> and then you got DJ Kelly. Yeah, we the ones. <laughs> Yo, let me ask you, son. Besides the Broadway match, what'd you think about Winter is Coming as a total? It was alright. That shit. Alright. I feel like it was like only three matches. Good, but I mean, I they, I wonder if they knew that shit was gonna go an hour though. I'm sure they did. Because after that, have- after that match, it was only three matches after that. Yeah, not even three I matches. Mean, it was uh, two matches. It was a women's match. The, yo, the women went in. Yeah, they did. They did their business. They went in. And then there um, was M- MJF versus uh, uh, Dante Steve. Martin. It was yeah. all right. Uh, Wardlow had basically, you know, he he had you know made that nigga job out. Mm-hmm. But I feel that that right there. Is just adding to the story of him breaking off from MJF. Like after MJF, you know, threw him over the rope at that battle royal and all this other shit. I feel that little by little, I mean, now they they really have to put that out there because this is the only big match MJ has left before he goes into the mode of winning the title. He's he has to have that one on one with uh, Warlow before he wins the title. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. And this might this isn't off topic to uh, Winter is coming, but I think CM Punk dropped an f bomb in the middle of you know declaring a match between uh, MJF and FTR versus. Him and Sting and uh, what's this little guy's name with the half face that rides with Sting? Darby Allen. He said this little guy's name. <laughs> yeah, I think he dropped the F bomb. Uh, he did. He did, I, man. I gotta I mean, watch it again. I was just like, oh, nice. They're not catching any, any. Uh, <laughs> they're not censoring shit right now at this time. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just. Oh man, you know what it is? I want I want AEW to win. Like I want them to be something, but I just feel like sometimes they're losing momentum. But they are something though. The thing is, so like WWE is entertaining no matter what, even if the matches are boring, right? Yeah. They know how to oh, keep no, the definitely. entertainment factor popping. AEW needs to learn how to make that entertainment factor popping. MJF. I feel like if they would have 
opened up with uh, 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 MJF versus this kid as the opener and then had the Broadway match between Brian Daniels and, and Adam Page close it out, it would have been a little different. Like, people would have been excited on how the okay. show ended and shit like that. I, I It's just... It, the way they book it is just very independent promotion. Like, so. I just feel, I just feel that if everybody okay's everything that they're doing, that it, it's not gonna work. Mm-hmm. There's only so much that you can okay before you be like, okay, you know, this shit was kind of trash. Come with something else. Mm-hmm. You got to challenge, yo, you got to challenge these motherfuckers, bro. Exactly. And, and I'm, I'm not talking about the talent. I'm talking about the people booking it. You got to challenge yeah. them because, you know, the star is out there doing everything they can to, to, you know, entertain you. They're doing everything. And shout out to them. God bless them. They're doing everything I to do all, all through the spectrum, whether it be, AEW, WWE, um, in the indies, wherever they're at. But at the end of the day, man, they got to come up with a better all-around show, I feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I feel like the all-around show is just people coming out, wrestling. There, there's nothing that ties it in and nothing that tells. They're saying that their story is being told, right? Yeah. But if you're a casual wrestling fan just tuning in, you're lost. Nothing is tying you in. Are you talking about AEW or? I'm, I'm talking about AEW. I'm talking about AEW. I feel yeah. like with WWE, That's... you're you're more you're more able as a casual fan to go in and out and to get caught up to whatever is happening. Like you're like, exactly. all right, I missed a couple of weeks, but I'm all I'm all put into place to where they're at now. And like, I'm not like... saying for AEW to do what WWE is doing, but I feel that. But you have to take their a, story. Their their dialogues and their story are are getting better. Yeah. Um, I feel that they they get they get the crowd more into what they're doing. I'm just hoping it gets better. I'm hoping it gets better. You know, there, there's sometimes there's a lot of stale there's a lot of stale shit going on. I mean, you can see it within the ratings. Like Dave Melter is talking about, yo, it's it's disappointing that they don't have like that 18 to 39 demographic. Now I'm wondering, I'm like, okay, so now is the argument going to be just the ratings? Like, are we going to, like, steer away from the demographic just because AEW is not winning the demographic? If it gets to that, now you know it's bullshit. The fucking demos. This is now you know it's. I think about like the demos, and now even with the NXT. That's the demo. You see that right there? You see this child right here is a demographic. That right there. That's the motherfucker that's going to make his family spend money. Yep. That's so true. So true. It isn't the 1839 in the basement looking for a fucking uh, hand-me-down, bro. Ah, not at all. Not at all. And, yo, let's talk about what happened with the whole Big E storyline right now. And let's go back to Kevin Owens being the intricate part of this storyline. Like, not only is Kevin Owens, like, you know, fighting to get the title, get the WWE title from Big E. But you're never sure on what Kevin Owens' steps are. You know, like Seth Rollins is supposed to be the architect 
the whole situation, right? He's always like three steps ahead of everybody and shit like that. So they did this whole gauntlet match for Bobby Lashley. Yeah. And I, I honestly, like you said, if you're a casual fan, if you haven't caught up in the past few weeks and just watched this Monday, the whole gauntlet shit was pretty dope. Like that's fucking dope. Like they didn't even do a gauntlet gauntlet match. They gave Bobby Lashley a match here. And then in the second hour, a match there. And then at the top of the third hour, a match there, you know? Mm-hmm. And it was just like, it was perfect. Cause out of everybody, like Seth, Seth Rollins lost because Kevin Owens, it was disqualification. Actually Seth Rollins won because of Kevin Owens. Cause he got punched in the face by Kevin Owens and Bobby, they actually lost by disqualification. I'm like, oh, that's pretty smart. That's smart. That's smart storytelling because somebody interfered and now you all know what's going on with Bobby Lashley. But they were like, nah, nah. If Bobby loses again, he's out and he had to face Big E and shit like that. And I honestly, I'm drawn to this four-way title match for uh, at day one. Just on the storytelling alone because you got Bobby, Bobby Lashley versus the world. You got Big E holding down his championship making sure he doesn't lose it. And yeah, then but got- then you have Big E also losing to everybody. But I feel like within the last, like, two weeks, his his title reign is starting to look a little weak. It's starting to look shakier. But this yeah. is great because now you have somebody dominant like Bobby Lashley in the ring that gives people the worrisome feeling that Big E might lose it. I don't think he's going to lose it. I think Bobby Lashley is the perfect piece of the puzzle to show how powerful Big E really is. Like, I know people were nervous with Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens, like getting the title back when it was a a triple threat. But honestly, I thought that was going to be an easy win for Big E. This seems like a legit main event match that's going to be like a good half hour brawl from all three of them, from all four of them. And we're going to see Big E on top. Yeah. And we're going to be like, yo, this dude is not to be fucking played with here. But he has to have a, a strong outing. How are you going to have him have a strong outing? And it, it's it's just I, just like with AEW. Sometimes WWE books themselves into a corner. You have your top champion. I know that Roman has a, the universal title and he's the top guy. Mm-hmm. But you have this guy holding the most prestigious title in your company. But the past, like, two, three weeks, he's been losing a lot of matches. He hasn't been looking as strong, and he's a big motherfucker, bro. You know what I'm saying? And I know he's losing to viable, viable people within Kevin Owens, uh, Seth Rollins, and um, Bobby Lashley. But at the same time, it's like, how do you make him come out of this title match strong but also have those three looking like they weren't that hurt? Big E is losing every time due to heel tactics. So it's not like he's losing on a clean loss. Like, he's losing because there's somebody that's interfering, somebody, like, his last loss to Bobby Lashley on Monday, somebody, uh, uh, MVP came through with the cane and bashed his knee in. Right after the fact, Big E and Bobby Lashley just cleaned out the ring, doing yeah. some double dragon back to back type shit. 
know? I don't know. I feel like the new year is going to be, gonna be good. E. It's going to be good. It's definitely uh, going to be big E until WrestleMania. Well, Easy. um, we'll hold our predictions down for next week for, uh, for day one. And <clears throat> what do we feel that is going to be happening in uh, the next year of pro wrestling? But, um, yeah, man, I think, I think we gave the people what they wanted on this episode and, uh, we got a lot more coming for next week. We're going to have a nice little episode coming down for next week. We're going to do our, our predictions. And, yeah, man, maybe maybe we'll do a giveaway. Or that'd be about doing a giveaway. So just stay giveaway. tuned on more that. Sponsors. A storyline tease where you could get Bobby Lashley MVP and her business shirt, Bomb, 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 the almighty. Mr. Nas is wearing it, as you can see. His floating head, and now he's gone, and now he's back. Bomb. <laughs> you get the Chicago 45. You could get the Brett the yes, Hitman sir. heart joint. What? Yes, uh, sir. The Brett screw Brett. Is that correct? Montreal screw job, baby. Montreal screw job. Brett screwed Brett. You could get the you know Bianca Belair shirt. You could get the goat face, the goat face killer. My bad, the goat face killer shirt. I don't got that goat face. Right uh, that's what I said. Goat face. I got a lisp. Let my lisp live. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that lisp is not is not a it's not doing justice to the fucking um to the reverb there. To the echo. <laughs> nah, but yeah, man. But yeah, shout out to the sponsor. Shout out to you, bro. Nah, shout out to you, my man. We out here, bro. It's us. It's us together, bro. It's us. One word. It's us, man. <laughs> But yo, uh, I got something coming your way, man. There's something coming in your mailbox too, my friend. Awesome! I'm excited. Yes, something coming. Is that coming this in address mailbox. or is that the the headquarters address? No, no, no. It's, it's to it's to the address. Copy, copy. Not the headquarters. Copy. The address. Got it. Yes, sir. Got it. But yeah, bro. I guess. Yeah, man. I'm hoping up. that uh, next week we can have everybody on the episode. Same here. We can talk our shit, do our talking shop episode. You know what I'm saying? Or shout out to Mr. Shice, shout out to Bing, shout out to SM2. I mean, over here, fucking with his uh, GTA camera. <laughs> Bro, that shit is wild, son. I thought you were going to say, fucking, he was sitting there and fucking seeing son ricochet off his balcony. I'm about to be like, dogs, go inside. Go and inside. Like, <laughs> like, I, I'm still filming. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. Yeah. Oh, I thought uh, that story was gonna be worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The hood, the hood, the hood's been a little crazy, man. Yeah, hey, bro. It's like you know, what is it? 48, 72 hours. It's been a little nuts out here, bro. Niggas don't know what to fucking do with themselves. Yeah, man. <laughs> ain't enough money right now. That's why. Ain't enough money for everybody. Yo, did you hear that new Russ album? Yeah. What'd you think? I'm going to hear it again. Because to be honest, I, I ran through it twice. And it was like the first time I was like, oh, damn, every fucking song sounds the same. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then I fuck it. I, I, I listened to it again. I was like, OK, I, I just. With Russ, I got to I got to hear him out at least like four or five times. That's how I fell on his first album too. I mean, the first chomp. 
You know, it's like I gotta hear it at least four or five times. I, I get now, I'll, it. I'll be honest. He he sounds the same on every fucking record. Yeah, he doesn't. I think he just has that regular same flow. Like that's his yeah. rap flow. You and know, that, that's something that uh J. Cole, I feel like, had had something on his albums before when he first started. He sounded he always sounded the same, but this last album he had came out with, mm-hmm. you could tell like it, he had more staccato to his flow. Like he was yeah. like, like he, he was just like hitting, hitting on every beat differently. I don't know. It just sounded differently to me. Like, I don't know. No, I know what you mean. Sonically, it just sounded well, different. For a long time, I wasn't a J. A J. Cole fan because he sounded very, like it sounded the same, very melodic, very steady, the regular flow yeah. on every track. It sounded like one complete track, the whole album with him but, just uh, rapping. I'm just like, oh, Russ, it's kinda... you know, Russ got bars though, man. Russ got yeah, bars, does. man. He does. I like how but, I like how he flips, uh, like ideas, like wh- whether it be like let's say. Jordan in the number 23 and he'll get like six bars out of just the person that is Jordan and the number 23. It's just, it's, it's wild. Like the way he just flips it. You know what I'm saying? The word. I, I really, I really appreciate that. I appreciate that, man. You know, not too many people do that. Um, to be honest, what I'm waiting for, for tomorrow is that Jim Jones gangster grill. Oh, that's right. Jim Jones is dropping. Uh, yo, dude, that that song he had with Migos that he dropped earlier this week. I, I was set the trends. That, yo, I was feeling that shit. Yeah, that's just a whole track. The video is pretty dope too. It's just a simple as video, but it's pretty dope. Yeah, I fucks with it. I fucks with it. I don't believe the stories that's going on from outside of from the restaurant Prime One Twelve with him and Freddie Gibbs. What happened? Didn't hear. Supposedly nah. they scrapped it out. Who? Freddie Gibbs and Jim Jones. No. Yeah, it's been the talk of the town since yesterday, son. Get the fuck out of here. Know, fat boy academics fucking having a fucking parade about it because Freddie Gibbs been shitting on that kid. And now <laughs> fucking academics woke up fucking like praising Jim Jones. Everything that Jim Jones does is all a, like he's giving them high praises. But I don't think Freddie Gibbs got the beating that fucking academics is talking about. I don't see that happening. Wait, all I see is that it, it was their their two crews that got into a they got into a fight. It wasn't them two to it wasn't them fighting. Mm, they were there, both of them. Like they Jim Jones even has video of him at the dinner table at Wait, Prime One Twelve. Even for a while. Yeah, I think that uh, Freddie Gibbs got shot at by Jim Jones's crew back in like 2014, 2015. Out here in Brooklyn. That's when Freddie Gibbs went back. He's like, I'm the Tupac of Gary, Indiana. I'm this I'm this fucking generation's Tupac. Ah, 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 ah. Talking that wildness. Whoa. I, I'm looking at this. It says, at first, Jim supposedly approached the Gary, Indiana rapper over some choice words he made about the Dipset artists in prior years. While the Harlem natives and Gibbs were exchanging words, someone from Jim's crew allegedly punched Gibbs in the face. Yeah. Gibbs was then reportedly attacked by Jim Jones while Gibbs security was hit with hit and kicked in the face. Oh, they're trying to. Oh, wow. 
I don't believe any of that until there's video. You're going to tell me at 2021, there's no footage of this fight now? Well, somebody... Come on. I said an Instagram user... But he's like, just seen Freddie Gibbs get whooped at Prime 112, but I'm going to mind my business. <laughs> yeah, this is my face. If there's no video, this is my face. But why Why is somebody putting that out there like that? That why? sucks. That's somebody that's hating on Freddie Gibbs. If you, got, if, if you had enough time to type that in, like if you wanted to fucking get the little viral that you got, you might as well record it, dogs. I don't know. I, I'm not, you know what it? Yo, not gonna say nothing, man. I wasn't I wasn't around none of that, so I have no idea. It is what it is, man. <laughs> right. maybe, here, we, that's, maybe that was we out uh, here talking about free max beat. That's what we out here about. Yo, man. <laughs> <laughs> that that fucking Bobby Lashley face was that Freddie Gibbs? <laughs> That's fucking everybody that doesn't believe that this fight occurred with nobody recording. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, bro. I'm not like I said. We're not gonna say anything. We we can't have an opinion on that because none of us was even nowhere around that. But that's hilarious, bro. Oh my God! We're going. We're, this is where hip hop is going again. This is great. That's the WWE style. All right. Remember that old source, uh, triple double XL uh cover where they were like, "Is hip hop the new WWE?" It's just you know gotta follow the fucking like go. like Tony Khan should do. Follow this man's playbook. Stop playing games. And get ripped. And get fucking ripped. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yo lp once again this was a fucking great talk oh man so yo, right, that, that you was good much, that thank was a you. great way to end it right there that was a great <laughs> way to end it i'm fucking i'm still laughing this is amazing <laughs> man but yo this was Episode 172 of the 20 by 20 podcast. And we are your hosts, Nathan McFly with LP Dangerously. Dangerously. And we out here. Dangerously. You already know. Peace, guys. (laughs) (laughs) My brother, be safe, bro. Thank you for everything. Everybody have a good night. We'll see y'all next week. Hey, I pray for us all. You know more the words of the brother Malcolm X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Backs against the ropes, winning case. Then it's back to being broke. I know the place where the rats and the roaches will race. Now it's rap, nigga, smoke fill the states. Who envision my issues in the gates? Confidential, but these bitches know they place. Can't see no kilos like I'm cutting cakes. Even Janet Reno know a nigga race. Prince of Pill popping, sipping purple rain. Ask me how I feel, I tell you I no longer feel the pain. Kill a game, that's 300 for the chain. And it don't include the charm just to show you who the pain. Honey cars, just to show you we at odds. That's beginning how you dress till you weed and cigars. Stay on the phone, but I limit all remarks. Just remember we the mob and regarded as a god. They want informants on the click side. They wanna know I load the bricks fly. 
They uh-huh. wanna know a nigga dick size. Check one, two, one, two. Even though they know I'm living big time. Big time. Niggas. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. I came home with a connect and got started abruptly. That's five figures off a chicken I bought at Kentucky. We did that twice, then invested in artists that's hungry. To change a young nigga life and launder the money. Wait, no handouts, I'm going on three summers legit. Machine cutter and West and me, each one of us rich. Before I did it, they ain't know these numbers exist. A nigga left the plug, then blew up 300 to six. Mm, yeah, 4G autos varing, smoking while I'm staring. I don't gotta pick these hoes, they volunteering. Drop off diamonds glaring, flexing while they staring. I know you wanna take it, so that's why I wear it. I heard they wanna know how much the click making. In this book of life, you can't skip pages. Got my strip quaking off the wrist, taking big paper. I'm really in the field, you just skip Bayless. Ah. It's incredible. Huh. Been a baller, but you never been a base. Just a casket for kilo in a crate. Pray for pastors trapped outside of the gates. Young bastards never tapping the brakes. Dumb rappers never owning the tapes. Just tours and after parties to make. More beefs and dirty bitches to chase. New shoes, expensive cars to race. Big combs, bam, off at the pace. I threw in the elevators and sat them right on the lake. Been in moments the business was at a break. I'm at the fork in the road, which way hold a mace. New crib, now add up all of the bills The niggas you wanna kill, another slice of the cake More ice, wide taps, some vice Rep double limb, they wanna give you a double life Whack a nigga, need no receipts Clap a nigga, leave him on the seat Rappers always seem to be the wannabes And seem like I'm the one they really wanna be Rappers always seem to be the wannabes And seem like I'm the one they really wanna be Maybach music, Maybach music.